Welcome to the Boss Level. My name is Enigma, and I am a 15-year industry veteran. I'm a lifelong video game fan, part-time Twitch streamer, and console collector. So, uh, thank you for joining me. I think we're on episode 14 now, 14 or 15, I believe. So we're moving right along with uh, hopefully providing you guys with some great content. So if you haven't done so yet, give me a follow. Uh, I'm recording this the Monday before it releases. I am going to record two podcasts today because I. Uh, We'll be out of town next weekend. Won't be able to do it. Won't be able to stream. But doesn't mean I won't miss you guys. And, uh, of course, I will be back and we'll, the weekend after that. And we're going to play some more games. I do stream Friday night, Saturday nights. And uh, we play, uh, you know, all sorts of fun stuff. Have a good time. I've been doing a ghost pepper chip challenge lately. For everybody who subs, I eat a ghost pepper tortilla chip. And it's been uh, pretty warm, quite quite frankly. So, uh my first podcast I'm going to tape today, we're going to talk about the Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection. So certainly hope uh, you're interested in hearing about that. I have been streaming uh, parts of that. Last night on my Saturday night stream, I went ahead and uh, recorded, or recorded, well, I did record. I streamed uh, some games off of that. So uh, otherwise, I did play some more Saints Row this, this past weekend as well on stream. We'll see how things go with what's coming out over the next several months. We have lots of cool stuff coming out. Looking forward to playing some new stuff for you guys as it comes out. And also going back and playing uh, the classic stuff as well. So uh, look for me on Twitch and uh, Twitter and Instagram as Evil Enigma. Enigma with a Y. And um, that's where you'll find me there. Feel free to drop me a line. Give me a follow. Let me know what's going on. If you want to see me play something or talk about something on the podcast, let me know. Uh, I'm always looking for ideas and topics and, and fun things like that, so I'm not above listening to what you guys want to hear, because like, in the long run, that's exactly what uh, content creation is, is, providing the content you guys want to see. So, let's talk about Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection. Now, I won't rehash all the old Ninja Turtles stuff that I usually go into about them being who created them and when they created them and why they created them. Uh, I've talked about that at, uh, on my, my streams at, at length, at, at nauseum, and of course it's a pretty big deal. And but what I will rehash and say, though, is that uh, Ninja Turtles perfected the Star Wars methodology of uh, marketing and uh, branding outside of the initial IP. Uh, of course, the initial IP was for comic books. It was a more mature, skewed comic book. And then, uh, lo and behold, they decided, let's make it a cartoon show. And then we had a toy line. And then from there, everything was just bananas. Uh, in the late 80s and early 90s, you could not walk into a store and see Ninja Turtles plastered over nearly every piece of merchandise you could find. They had fruit snacks and breakfast cereals and their own brand of Pop-Tarts, I believe, and uh, T-shirts and cake pans and, and posters and, you know, just toys and birthday decorations and everything. They were everywhere, guys. I can't tell you how crazy they were. It's, you know, you see these memes these days, and I don't think, I think that one of the reasons that we're not going to see anything quite with the craze of Ninja Turtles anymore is because uh with the internet everything moves a lot faster uh what's here today is old tomorrow so you know some kid right now could get hit between the legs with a football and it'd be the funniest thing on the internet and then tomorrow we move on to our next shiny object 
And that's pretty much how, uh, I, you know, that's, that's why I don't think we're going to see anything with fandoms quite like Ninja Turtles had, uh, or Star Wars for that matter, uh, because there's just so much other stuff. There's, it's just, a, there's so many other things that you can uh, dedicate your time to that, um, you know, so you're going to have some folks that are in Ninja Turtles now, and some folks that are into Marvel, and some folks that are into DC, and lo and behold, there's, you know, lots of things coming out, Stranger Things, and, and Cobra Kai, and all these just different uh, fandoms that, that exist, and there's just a ton of them. So uh, I don't know if we'll ever see anything with the ferocity of and fandom the same way that uh, we did with, with Ninja Turtles, uh, just simply because there's so much more stuff out there. So, uh, But to, needless to say, one of the things that Ninja Turtles branched out into quite successfully was video games and uh eastman and laird were very 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 smart that they partnered with konami to make the first several ninja turtles games konami of course is a japanese developer and publisher these days they're mostly known for releasing pachinko machines in japan they've kind of gotten out of uh developing a lot of video games there's there's rumors out there that they're working on something but uh for the most part, their stuff has been old collections and rehashes. Castlevania collection, uh, you know, they'll do a Metal Gear Solid collection every once in a while. Uh, Contra, I got that on the Switch, Contra collection. So they do collections. They do a good job of putting things out for um, preservation's sake, you know, classic games. Because Konami has a very storied past and history with classic video games so you know just castlevania and contra alone are uh, huge you know and then you put in metal gear and silent hill and all the other stuff that they've done throughout the years and they just have a very very awesome back catalog of classic games that a lot of gamers like myself who grew up with with uh, with their games we hold a really uh, soft spot in our heart for konami and wish they would wish they got back into to uh gaming again supposedly they're working on something but we'll see but they they grabbed the ninja turtles license and guys they took it and they ran with it and uh i can't stress this enough for the we'll talk about the first game in a second but uh they did a really good job of adapting the cartoon show and the characters in those cartoon shows to video games in a way that you didn't see a lot of at that time uh, you would usually see something with American games where, you know, here's the Transformers game and here's the Transformers and it was just kind of loosely based off of Transformers. There wasn't a lot to it to make it, make it feel like it was really a Transformers game. But, uh, you know, Ninja Turtles, Konami did a great job in saying, here's the Shredder, here's Bebop, here's Rocksteady, here's Master Splinter, here's April O'Neil. You know, here are the characters. They, they were very... Uh, Honor they they honored the the source material of the cartoon show and not the comic books for that record which for the record and we'll get to that in just a second with the first game but uh, they were very smart they were very uh, good at what they did and Konami had two bouts of of uh, Ninja Turtleness here because they also acquired the rights to make more games in the early two thousands but. Uh, before we get into that, I want to make sure that I, I positively call out and uh, recognize Nickelodeon for this. Uh, a couple, several years ago actually now, doesn't feel like it's 
several, but it is. Uh, Nickelodeon bought the rights to the Ninja Turtles from uh, Eastman or, or Laird. I know one of them sold the rights to the other because they were tired of it, and they ended up selling it to Nickelodeon. I do, I do know that. And Nickelodeon did what Nickelodeon should have done with Ninja Turtles, and they rebooted it. They've rebooted it several times now. New series, new character designs, new enemies, you know, and it's their property now. They can do what they want to with it. They've done a pretty good job of, of maintaining the uh, source material as close to the old shows and comic books as possible. Uh, I would not say I'm a huge fan, but I've never really watched the, the newer stuff that Nickelodeon's done. The only Ninja Turtle stuff I really watched was the original uh, show from 1989 into the early 90s. Uh, that's the only show that I watched. And I watched all the movies as well as they come out, including the uh, Michael Bay produced ones, which were hit, or, hit, hit and miss. There were some things that were really good and there were some things that were really bad, but that's beside the point. Uh, truth of the matter is, though, is that I wanted to positively call out Nickelodeon here because they have been very open and accepting to people fans going back and making stuff and and honoring what they grew up with the old stuff it's so easy now and we see it with uh with lucasfilm and uh companies like that where they say they say no we really don't want you to go back and rehash old stuff we want you to to honor the characters that we're working with and you know the the the, uh, source we're working with right now so we don't want you to do 1989 Ninja Turtles. We want you to do 2015, 2016 Ninja Turtles. Can, can you change it to, to do that? And Nickelodeon's not done that. They've actually been very welcoming and uh, accepting of the fact that, yes, a lot of people in their 30s and 40s grew up with Ninja Turtles, because we all did, and we have a very soft spot in our heart for that old TV show, that old cartoon show, which we'll talk, talk about here in a few minutes. Uh, and... It's, it's just a, a really nice gesture to fans that Nickelodeon says, yes, you can go out and make a Ninja Turtles game based off of the old cartoon show. Here, do it. Have fun. And that's where Shredder's Revenge came from. I did do a review of that on an episode, and I streamed that quite a bit as well when it first came out. Excellent game. It might be on the list of Game of the Year. I know I said I didn't think it would be, but it's that good. It really is that good. And it's a, it is a love letter a big sloppy kiss to everybody who loved ninja turtles growing up so uh konami saw that they went to nickelodeon or nickelodeon went to them one of the two i don't know who went to who but basically they put their heads together and said we have this huge back catalog of old ninja turtle stuff that we have that's just sitting around doing nothing why don't we do a collection for it why don't we put out this collection and nickelodeon said sure Let's do it. And they put out the collection. Cowabunga Collection. Uh, it is a collection of 13 Ninja Turtles games. Uh, there's a little asterisk there. We'll we'll get to that in just a second. But I, I'm going to just kind of talk about uh, each one a little bit if I can and which ones mean the most to me. And we're also going to... There's some interesting... The reason why there's an asterisk there is because there's some interesting... Um, differences you know and things like that and i wanted to make sure i mentioned as well that uh, they did a really good job of including enhancements fixing performance issues things like that that they they did it's it's actually quite cool that they did i like with the first game 
sprite flickering and slow down are, are gone out of those. You can actually turn that off. You can play, you can keep it in if you want to, but you can go into the menu, uh, enhancements menu before you put the game up, and it'll you can remove that stuff to make it where it doesn't flat flicker and there's no slowdowns, which is really awesome. Konami took what was there. They, uh, I use the word spit shine a lot. They spit shined everything basically, and uh, it's just really well done that they did it like that. And every game has different. Uh, enhancements you know you'll see some of them have god mode some of them will have infinite lives things like that to make the game more accessible and fun to everybody it's not just let's see how hard we can we can make it and we'll touch on that as well as we get into some more of these games that uh, we're talking about but the first game came out on the nintendo entertainment system it's just called teenage mutant ninja turtles and uh it was on the nes in 89 and it's kind of a infamous game in a way because it's one of the first games that the angry video game nerd uh put out that uh, he he didn't like it and I, I was talking to somebody on my stream the other night who said you know avgn kind of gave that this game that game a bad reputation and he and it's true uh he did i don't think it's really that bad i don't think it's great you know i i think that uh, they took what was there and they did what they could with it and made a game but that being said, I wouldn't say that it's a amazing, wonderful experience that people are just going to jump all over. There are some games on there that are like that, but on this collection that are like that. But but the first one's not going to be that. It's an acquired taste. Uh, you can choose from all four turtles at any time you want to, which is great. But uh, it might as well be called Donatello and Friends because the only turtle who matters is Donatello. <laughs> he is the strongest turtle, and he has the longest reach with the bow staff. Uh, when Konami made the game, they basically made Donatello completely overpowered, where he could solo bosses, certain bosses. And the other turtles were there basically to provide a health buffer so you wouldn't lose Donatello. <laughs> if you lost Donatello, you might as well start over. <laughs> uh, but they did include a lot of characters from the origin from the TV show. You know, you, the first two bosses you fight are Bebop and Rocksteady. Uh, the Technodrome is in there. There are Mausers, for, you know, from the show. And, uh, of course, the Shredder is there at the end. Uh, the secret to the game is to find the scroll weapon, which I found in level 3. Get every turtle up to, to 99 scrolls. And then it fires this wide beam across, you know, uh, like a throwing weapon, and uh, everything becomes insanely easy when you have that. So uh, that's my suggestion to to beat that game. I, I scroll weapons are tucked away in level three. You just keep leaving that stage and coming back with each turtle, collecting, 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 collecting. So um, overall, I would say it's a, it's a good game. I don't think it's a great game. I think, and if you're looking at the games on this collection. It's probably towards the bottom as far as quality goes. That being said, it's still really good. Uh, I would I do want to draw the attention to the fact that the cover of the game has all the turtles in their original red headbands. That's how you. It's that's kind of interesting. They didn't have their colored headbands. Colored headbands came later uh, with the cartoon show because they needed to uh, differentiate the, between the turtles easier because they didn't always have their weapons out. So. They had four turtles standing there, each you know, and they, you couldn't differentiate who was who. They wanted to make sure that they they had a a way to tell them apart, and uh, the way that happened was, of course, the uh, colored headband. So Leonardo was blue, Michelangelo was orange, Raphael stayed red, and Donatello was purple. 
so uh, is purple right? and they still hold that color scheme to this very day so um like i said overall it's, it's fine game but on this collection with the stuff that's up it's up against yeah you know maybe not so much so uh, then we get to let's do the arcade games they did two arcade games which were just the arcade game, basically Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, same name as the NES game, and Turtles in Time, the sequel. And, of course, these games were exceedingly good, uh, especially the the first arcade game. Um, it was the first game I saw that really, really, really showed a dedication and love to the source material. You saw Bebop and Rocksteady, and they, were, they looked just like they did in the cartoon show, you know, things like that, so... Uh, I love the first arcade game. I can't gush about that one enough. It is my favorite arcade game ever. And uh, one of my arcade one-up machines behind me when I stream is a Ninja Turtles arcade cabinet. So I'm very, very pleased that I have that. Uh, of course, right after I got the cabinets when they announced Cowbunga Collection. So go figure. But I do love the arcade collection. I like Turtles in Time. I don't think Turtles in Time is quite as good. Uh, but the arcade game definitely uh, was is is my uh, apple of my eye with with this collection. With Turtles in Time, it's it's just more the same. Uh, they included more characters, more boss characters. Uh, some characters were taken out. Bebop and Rocksteady are not in the arcade version of Turtles in Time. They were replaced with Toka and Razar because the second movie was out at this point. And uh, they were instead of Bebop and Rocksteady being in the sequel like they were supposed to be. Uh, they made new characters called Toka and Rezar, and they were in this game. Sticking with the NES, though, uh, the Konami realized the arcade game was huge, and it was huge. It was massive, uh, massive success. They decided they wanted to make a uh, version of that for the NES. So there was TMNT 2, the arcade game, and uh, my brother and I were very fortunate enough to pick up a copy of that when it came out. And we played the devil out of that. Now, uh, difference differences are pretty simple. Uh, obviously, graphically, what they were doing with arcade units were uh, what was much more advanced than what was doing what, what they could do on an NES. So the graphics, there's a huge difference graphics-wise between the NES version of Ninja Turtles arcade and the actual arcade system. Uh, they did their best with what they had. It's not a bad game. It looks fine. And when you look at it and realize the technical aspects that they included with this game uh, were, were pretty impressive. But because they couldn't give you an arcade perfect experience, something that a lot of Japanese developers did at the time was they wanted to make it worth your while. Uh, they wanted to include things that you couldn't get in the arcade system. So there are two bonus levels that you could only play on that arcade game and there's a couple of minor uh, changes as well or major changes uh, for instance the battle on the arcade system uh, in the arcade game after the sewers where you fight bebop and rocksteady that stage is still there uh, but i guess the game couldn't handle that many sprites big sprites on the screen at the same time so the bebop and rocksteady battle is no longer around and they replaced uh, that battle with the uh, fly version of baxter stockman you fight him in that uh in that game um but it's a well done game for what they they did and and we really enjoyed playing it back in the day well that's what we had that's all we had i should say which leads into ninja turtles 3 the manhattan project uh that came out a little later and uh it was uh 
uh, what's the best way to put this? It's a great game. It really is a great game. Uh, they actually changed up the turtles. They had different attributes now. Instead of it being, you know, the arcade game, they were all basically the same turtle. They just had different weapons. Everybody wanted to play as Donatello, but, uh, you know, Leonardo, Michelangelo, Raphael, they all had the same attack power. It just, you know, just, there was no difference in that. But in the Manhattan Project, uh, each turtle had a special move, and, and you could, you know, swap between them, you know, play, I think it was still two-player only, but you could swap between the turtles uh, if you died. And then, each, like I said, each turtle had a uh, different attribute different special moves so you know donatello had the the reach but Raphael had the strength so you know so Raphael didn't have strength but or it had strength but he didn't have any reach and leonardo was kind of there in the middle and then michelangelo was faster than you know donatello and, and leo but he wasn't as strong as Raphael. you know that that's pardon me that sort of thing uh it is really good manhattan project is a fantastic game uh I don't understand why there's Triceratons on the cover of the game when there are no Triceratons in the game, but there are. <laughs> uh, overall, I would say uh, the Manhattan Project is, is like I said, is the best of the, of, of the three of the original games. Uh, they couldn't do Turtles in Time on the NES, so they didn't. Instead, we got two versions of it, basically. You have Turtles in Time on the Super Nintendo, which, for my money, is the best beat-em-up game ever made. Uh, TMNT 4, Turtles in Time on the SNES. Uh, just a wonderful game. Uh, once again, they didn't, they couldn't provide an exact arcade experience, so in, they included a couple of levels, a couple of bosses that you you couldn't fight in the original arcade game, and, and uh, it's, it's just... A fantastic title so uh, if you've not played it it's on this collection please do play turtles in time on the snes it's actually better than the arcade version in my opinion and the second version was on the sega genesis it's called the hyperstone heist uh, this version is basically turtles in time jumbled up and rearranged in a lot of ways uh, they had to we'll get into that reasons why here in a few minutes when we talk about uh, the next games on my list here but uh it's a little more difficult the hit detection's a little odd it's still great but uh if you're playing it and you realize hey wait a minute why is this level before this level and why is the why are these levels so long and things like that it's because they couldn't provide the same experience and we'll, we'll get into that uh it was just something that sega had to uh, you know deal with and, and konami put it out and it's fine you know I think my problem uh, with it was is it wasn't as good as Turtles in Time, and it was obviously taking away, taking assets away from Turtles in Time. So it's obviously Turtles in Time, but it's not. So uh, great game, again. Uh, doesn't look as good, doesn't play as good, doesn't sound as good as the SNES version, and that's okay. It's still pretty well done. So really great game. So give that a shot if you can for certain. Um. Then we're going to get into a little thing about Nintendo here, because we have three games that all have the same game, and it's uh, Tournament Fighters. And at the time, uh, I've, I know I mentioned it on the podcast before, that, that uh, game development can be a very Me Too kind of thing. I don't mean it in the 2022 or 2021 Me Too. I mean Me Too as in, hey, we can do that too. 
let's and and uh, that's what happened with a lot of uh, tournament fighting games because Street Fighter Two came out and turned the industry on its head, and all of a sudden all these developers were, were well, me too, I can make that, me too, me too, and all these fighting games were coming out, all these tournament fighters. And uh, guys, I can't tell you or stress enough how many of these things were coming out. These things were coming out like crazy. Everybody was making tournament fighters. And uh, eventually, it got around to the Ninja Turtles. And uh, Konami decided, well, why don't we do a tournament fighter with Ninja Turtles? And they, and they uh, developed and uh, published that. Or at least they, I think they developed one of them. Nintendo, though, had this problem, and it's a problem that they had to, uh, they, they softened quite a bit on around Mortal Kombat 2, and that was, uh, they had a rule that if you released a game on their console, you could not release the same game on a, com a competitive console. So, what you would see is something with a dedicated IP like Ninja Turtles, would have uh, the same game would have more than one developer. They had to do it that way. So you would see, you know, with Tournament Fighters, there's three different versions, Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, and Old Nintendo, and every version of that had a different developer. Different developer developed a different version of the game, and they're dramatically different. When you look at them, you can tell how different they are. They didn't reuse any assets from any other games. They, It, it, it was just interesting that that's how they handled... Uh, Ninja Turtles, and that they're not the only game to do that. It was not uncommon to see a game come out on the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo, and they were dramatically different between the two because of um, the Nintendo. It was it was basically Nintendo who did that, and they softened on it. But uh, that's probably why the Hyperstone Heist came out next to Tournament Fighter or uh, Turtles in Time. That yes. They reuse his assets from Turtles in Time, but it's not Turtles in Time. They changed a lot of stuff. So that's the. But let's get into tournament fighters. I I never really got into tournament fighters, quite quite frankly, because there were so many fighting games coming out at this point that I kind of didn't want to play tournament fighters. I remember I did a little, but I didn't. It doesn't resonate with me the same way that the earlier games did. Just because it was like another fighting game, can can we move into where, where are more beat 'em ups? Why is there no sequel to Turtles in Time? Give me another one of those. Instead, we had uh, we had tournament fighters, and like I said, they're all dramatically different. I know there are people who live and die by those games, so give them a go. Those are good games, even if they're not my thing, and they I don't have the nostalgia for them that I uh, I know other people do. And um, I just kind of wish I would have gotten more into them when they come out. Uh, from there, there are three Game Boy games. They are in black and white. So you have Fall of the Foot Clan, Back from the Sewers, and then Radical Rescue. And, and uh, they're good. They're fine you know, for the old Game Boy. The one that, that really stands out, though, is Radical Rescue because it's a Metroidvania game, believe it or not. Uh, you have access to Michelangelo first, and you use him to to rescue a turtle, and that turtle open you know their skills open up an area you know another area of the map, which opens up another area of the map, and you can always backtrack to find other things. So, I always found that to be really cool that, that they uh, had an idea for a Metroidvania before Metroidvania was the thing. 
I'd say overall the collection is quite good. Uh, they did include a lot of uh, enhancements. They included a lot, you know, like I, I said, uh, you can, some games you have God mode and, and infinite lives and stuff like that. They did that to make the games more accessible and a lot more fun. You can pick up the collection for about 40 bucks, and I would say it's worth it just for the arcade uh, installments alone and Turtles in Time. But then you get all the bonus stuff with it, with all the other of the fun stuff to enhancements and stuff. It's it's just really well done. I've heard some people say it's a game of the year contender. I personally uh, would not even nominate it because it's a retro thing. It's it's not a remake. It's just a, a remaster and a re-release of of classic games. That's all it is. So you know, if Nintendo decided to release Super Mario Brothers in 4K for the switch right now i don't think and it had all the same graphics and all that good stuff and it was just a spit shine of what was already there i don't think that would be should be nominated either so just my opinion uh but it is very good and if you are an old school ninja turtles fan if you're an old school video game slash arcade person chances are you ran across ninja turtles at some point in your life and so it's just a great big sloppy love lorn kiss to people who really enjoy uh enjoyed those games and and i needed to really recognize and take my hat off to konami and to nickelodeon for allowing it to happen and it's 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 well worth the 40 dollars price tag i uh got it physically i don't want to want it to disappear on me which if you buy it digitally you do have that possibility because it is a dedicated ip and someone could roll up on uh, Nickelodeon tomorrow and say, hey, we want to pay you a billion dollars for the rights to Ninja Turtles, but everything else has got to go. And Nickelodeon would do it, and no one would blame them for it. And then you'd start to see all the Shredder's Revenge would disappear off the store, and then you know, you'd know you see the uh, Kyle Bunga collection disappear off the store. And unfortunately, I mean, it's very unfortunate. It is, but that's how business works, and so I, I would only buy it physically, and that's why I have it physically. Uh, like I said, I don't think it's going to be a game of the year because it's retro release. I don't I don't really think that's right. I think that's more an award for people who are bringing games out today. So Shredder's Revenge, I could see being nominated. But the Cowabunga Collection, because it's just a collection of old classic games, I don't think it should be nominated. My opinion only. So... Um, overall, I can't give it enough praise, though. So if you have not played played them, or you have played them, or and the, and they're all friendly enough for for kids to play too. They were meant for kids, so play them with your kids. Have a good time. Very well done. So I'm gonna go ahead and close this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, don't forget to follow me on Twitch and Twitter at Evil Enigma. I do stream Friday nights, Saturday nights. This weekend I will not be home though, so I uh, will not be available, but I will definitely be back the weekend after, and of course I'm always active on my Twitter account and things like that, so feel free to drop me a line if you want to know anything about the podcast or find out when I'm going to cover your favorite game. So if you want to, uh, the game you want to see me play, knock yourself out, let me know. Hey, Enigma, why don't you uh, cover so-and-so, so-and-so, and I, I'll uh, definitely entertain it and look at it, okay? So I'll talk to everybody here real soon. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Take care.